Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. It's young. Here's Douglas the wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big clap mate, so... Gather round villains and welcome to Gather Round the Lamp, our our podcast all about our beloved Aston Villa from underagaslitlamp.com. With no game to digest from the weekend, we shall take a closer look at the January transfer window. Um, before we look forward to the visit of Leeds United next Wednesday night, I'm Andy, and joining me today are Craig and Dan. Hello, Andy. Hello, Daniel. Hello, listener. Uh, this is Craig at Craig Starrod on Twitter. Uh, delighted to be able to cover this this kind of transfer window special and talk about all the moves on the good ship Aston Villa. Hello, gents. Hello, listener. Dan here. I, I'm delighted to be back and, yeah, an interesting transfer window to talk about. I didn't think we'd have many more in, but it turns out there was some sneaky last-minute moves. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, a far busier month than, than any of us uh, probably expected, um, with four first-team players coming in. Um, Philip Coutinho, obviously, on loan from Barcelona. uh, Luca Dean from from Everton, goalkeeper Robin Olsen joined from Roma before last week Callum Chambers uh, joined on a free transfer I believe from from Arsenal. Further to this highly sought after defender Kerr Smith uh, joined the academy from Dundee United. Um, Callum Chambers was certainly a a deal rather out of the blue not dissimilar to to Danny Ings in the summer. Um, What's your view on this signing and where do you see him making an impact um if if at all well he's got big shoes to fill hasn't he andy he's coming in to replace axel the potted plant twanzebi um so who knows how he'll be able to do in in those kind of big shoes but i do believe that this is a fantastic um signing for a fourth choice center back i don't think that you can get a fourth choice center back which is what i assume he's going to be of a better caliber than this. We're talking about a gentleman who has had an England cap. We're talking about a gentleman who has played for Arsenal. You know, he was playing for Arsenal back when they were still good. And um, he obviously had a bright future at one point or another. You know, he was highly thought of. I think he had some injury issues. Uh, But now he is 27 years old. Chambers has the opportunity to stake a claim for a place. I imagine that he will fancy himself to dislodge uh, one of our players in terms of either Tyrone Mings or Esri Concert or Matty Cash, or maybe lots of rumours swirling he could be playing in defensive midfield uh, as that is a, a position where he's played before, apparently winning player of the year for Fulham. So in terms of... Uh, strengthening the squad I think he's an improvement on Axel Um, he's actually had a Premier League career unlike Axel who you know does what he does so um, I'm all for Chambers it was it was great to see it was out the blue Um, and and I I, I love a bit of a a a moment where none of the in the knows are in the know at all and this was one of them (laughs) 
I'm going to sound like a complete madman here, but in a, a transfer window where we got Coutinho, I think I'm most excited about the Chambers signing. And it that does and, sound a bit mad. And yeah. let me explain. Like, <laughs> it, worst case scenario, he's a free transfer, fourth choice centre back who can also play right back and left back. But as Craig mentioned there, when he went to Fulham, I think it was 2019, 2020 season, he was player of the year at defensive midfield. And I remember watching him and he was an absolute revelation there. He was composed on the ball, but he was a terrier getting after it. He's a pretty tall lad too, so he added some aerial presence. And I see it as a bit of a free swing. We bring him in this year. He's, you know, worst case scenario, he plays that fourth choice centre-back squad. Best case scenario, he goes into that defensive midfield slot in place of Nakamba and he's a revelation there and we've solved the problem without having to spend a penny or signed a utility player without having to spend a penny. So on a free transfer, it's a no-brainer from a depth option, but there's also that massive, massive upside of we might unravel a bit of a hidden gem that, that other managers haven't been able to coax a tune out of, but Gerard sees something in. And and that Fulham, that, I think it was only six months or something when he really flourished, but it's it's a real carrot to dangle there for a player who's got basically six months to come in and probably get his career back on track. Yeah, it's, it seems to suit all parties, doesn't it? I've, I think Arsenal were clearly looking to get a few squad players off, off the wage bill. He's been at Arsenal seemingly for, for for ages but as it feels like he's barely ever played for them he's always been kind of out on loan um at various places and like say uh, Fulham I think he had a loan at Middlesbrough as well um before that <clears throat> you know and I, rem- I always remember him being at Southampton and being being very highly highly regarded there as a, as a young player so um there's something in there I think he's one of those players that was maybe earmarked a little bit for for being an England player as well. Um, he certainly had call ups to the to the squad earlier on in his career. <clears throat> so there's pedigree there, and there's definitely um, a player in there. Um, and sometimes player just needs to find their home and and find somewhere where they feel um, they can thrive and 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 that they you know they they don't necessarily fall under the weight of of expectation. Um, perhaps that move to Arsenal those years ago was just maybe a little bit too big and a little bit too soon. You know, if he'd have stayed at Southampton, I'm sure he would have developed and progressed um, at, a, at a better rate, really. So, look, let's see. I mean, you know, he's obviously jumped at the chance to join Villa, and uh, quite rightly so. It's a it's a big opportunity for him. Um, you know. He scored against us, didn't he? I think a couple of mm-hmm. years ago as well. Um, so you know, <laughs> hopefully we'll be seeing you know, you know, some some impact be going the other way um, in the next few months. But yeah, he's he's. I think as well the fact he's not coming in on loan. You know, he has got a contract. You know, he's got a bit of stability, a bit of security now. Um, so I think I think it's I think it's a great thing. You know, but, I mean, do you? <laughs> Realistically, I mean, is he? Do you think he is someone that can can come in and play that defensive midfield role? Um, I think that he, think? I think that the, the proof will be in the pudding. He has uh, an opportunity now, as you say. Um, uh, there was uh, talks of it wasn't talks; it was actuality. Uh, Aston Villa had a friendly with Brentford uh, in the last few days. Both Konza and Mings and Hawes and Chambers all played at certain 
times. We don't have any information about what the lineup was, um, but perhaps Chambers did line up in that defensive midfield slot, and that allows Douglas Louise to move into his preferred number eight position, and it, it also unleashes Ramsey. So I think that the the, the opportunity is there now. He's Gerard's guy. He's coming in. He has a fresh opportunity in training or in minutes on the football field to stake his claim for a, for a starting berth in the Aston Villa side. You would think that Konza and Cash are relatively safe in their positions. So then you're probably looking for Chambers to come in at DM, perhaps because that is the spot that is most available. Douglas Louise uh, can play there, as we know, but is not necessarily the most suited to it in Steven Gerrard's system. So the gauntlet's down. What you got, Chambers? Yeah, I mean, I can see him there, you know. I really can see him there. And he's... I mean, it, I used to watch a lot of baseball, and they call this a, a reclamation project in uh, in baseball, where you signed a player whose career is seemingly over the hill. You've got him for next to nothing, on the hope that you can turn him back into something, maybe back into the prospect he was. And and if not, you just discard him, throw him on the tip again because you've not paid anything for him. So I can kind of see that happening here. I think it's. Um, I think we've got a real strong chance of, of worst case scenario, having a fourth choice centre back. But do you know what? There's that one in ten, one in a hundred chance that that Gerard is the man who unlocks his potential, and and we've got a cracking defensive midfielder on our hands. And it's a position I would say that players tend to come to later in their careers, and and he's probably hitting the right ages now to understand that that position, and and he's probably hitting the right stage in his career too to know that he doesn't have many chances left. So you know, I hope it works out, and if it does. And I mean, see you later. You've not cost us anything, but I really hope it works out. I think it would be a fun, fun move if it does. Yeah, well, that's it. And and I think we are in that position now, aren't we? Where um, a little bit like with 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 Coutinho, where you know, if it doesn't, if these things don't work out, it's not. It isn't the end of the world. You know, we haven't lost anything really this season. We're not. We're not going to get rele- or We're very unlikely to get relegated. Europe is a long way off, so. <clears throat> really, it's kind of well. Let's have a go and let's see where these things take us, and um, you know, and go from there. But I mean, just on uh, Philip Coutinho, obviously, yeah, this isn't in the notes, <laughs> the running order, but um, he obviously played for Brazil last night, scored an absolute worldie, an absolute you know, uh, crackerjack of a of a goal for Brazil. Um, Surely we're going to see some of this at Villa Park this season. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic goal. I think he played really well um, overall. I, you know, there's there's already been highlights reels of his performance, uh, Coutinho that is, against Paraguay, I believe it was, circulating around the tube of you. Uh, so if you're <laughs> into that kind of thing, as I am, uh, you can watch it and salivate at <laughs> Philippe Coutinho. Uh, but wear, be sure to wear sunglasses because his teeth will... Uh, <laughs> will impede your vision um yeah it's beautiful it's it's like a preseason game for Coutinho obviously he needs the minutes so uh, it was disappointing when I think was it Emerson got got sent off for Brazil in the previous uh, international fixture for them because Coutinho then made way so they could bring on Dani Alves um but you know the, these minutes are going to be like gold dust for Philip Felipe Coutinho we know he needs minutes we know the talent is there the talent isn't in question he is one of the most talented footballers on the planet and that's not hyperbole that is based on the fact he is the third most expensive player of all time. He is a supreme talent. The key now is, can he get form? Can he get fitness? 
based on the Manchester United game, yes, based on the Everton game, didn't look great, but based on this latest Brazil fixture, hopefully he's building up some rhythm, building up some momentum, and that can only all go well for Aston Villa in the rest of the season. Yeah, I'll just add it, cracking finish, absolutely cracking finish. And it's kind of fun seeing Villa players using Brazil to get their fitness back. It's kind of an odd thing <laughs> to see happen. <laughs> yeah, I know, I hadn't thought of that. A few people have said, uh, you know, because obviously on Twitter, various outlets are share, sharing the goal this morning and, you know, with the, the, the headline, Aston Villa's Coutinho, Philip Coutinho scores for Brazil and you know it's 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 fantastic isn't it it's fantastic to see wonderful technique just so it's just so effortless isn't it um you know and uh, it was it was in the top bins in a blink of an eye wasn't it so absolutely lovely stuff and i just really i'm just really hoping um that we see we see some of that before the end of the season and who knows then but i think i can already see a bit of a a bit of a, a clamor in the summer um you know, will he, won't he sign on and, and, and stay on for a bit longer? So we'll we'll see. But it's just just got to enjoy him now, from now until the end of the season, I guess. Um, but for, for all the talk of the, the incomings, uh, deadline day was more about the players leaving the club as Jed Steer was loaned to, to Luton Town. Kane Kessler-Hayden made his uh, second loan of the season just a few miles further up the M1 at Milton Keynes Dons. Um, and most surprisingly, um, Matt Target heading up to join the Saudi Revolution at Newcastle on loan till the end of the season as well. Um, we had thought that that Target and Dinia would battle it out for the left back spot, um, particularly with Gerard saying about wanting two players in each position to to create that competition. However, it seems maybe the challenge is too great for Target. Um, how do you see this one? Was was it the player just being unhappy at being replaced, or do you think Gerard just simply doesn't rate him? Um, and and also, how does this deal benefit Villa? Do you think? I'm not sure it does benefit Villa. I'm I'm a little bit surprised by this one. I think it would benefit Villa if there was a clause in there, say Newcastle stay up, they have to give us some of the crazy Saudi money, or you know if he plays a certain number of games, then there's a fee there. But I'm not sure how it does benefit Villa. For all we know, uh, Luca Dean kind of breaks his leg on next Wednesday. Fingers crossed he doesn't. No one wants to see that. But and, and we're left with we're back with Ashley Young at left back. We it's an odd an odd thing to weaken ourselves and, and strengthen not necessarily a rival, but a team a team around us. And I, I don't know, I mean Matt Target has fought for his Villa career before and I like to think he'd want to fight for it again now so I don't see him kind of banging on Gerard's door trying to get a move so to me it signals that that Gerard simply does not rate him and I'd I'd understand why but I mean I mentioned on our group this week I'm a little bit heartbroken by this one we've, we've said on this podcast before how much of a fun figure Matty Target's been at Villa and I've, I've developed an unhealthy attachment to him that, that hasn't matched the you know the on the pitch performances and you do that sometimes with players don't you like even if they're never good in a villa shirt you develop a love a love affinity for him and i'm just kind of i don't know i like matt target i'm sad to see him go he's had a wonderful career more twists and turns than a king size curly whirly but and i wouldn't be surprised you know for him to go go to newcastle perform amazingly come back in the summer and and take the shirt off luca dean that'd be great fun to see but i honestly don't see how this benefits for us for now it's it's almost a reverse of the axel 
transfer, except we're we're putting a player out on loan with no obvious benefit to us, and we've got his wage off the books. Yeah, it was. Um, I tweeted much the same there, uh, Daniel, in regards to that. This transfer seems like it's from the Axel Twanzebi box of stupid ideas, um, <laughs> because it is like the reverse of that. Um, you used the word there, Daniel, rival in terms of Newcastle United. Um, Newcastle United don't seem like a rival today because they are fighting relegation and they're kind of, you know, they've become a bit of a figure of fun um, <laughs> for various reasons over the last few years. Mike Ashley, Steve Bruce, Joe Linton, 40 million. You know, there's lots of things to pick on uh, in terms of Newcastle. Newcastle, if they stay in the Premier League, will absolutely be rivaling Aston Villa for transfers in this coming summer. I'm not talking about in two years or three years. I'm talking about this year. I'm talking about in May, in June, July 2022. If Newcastle United stay up, make no bones about it, they will be competing for the same players in the same pool that we are competing for in terms of signing players in the transfer window because they have more money than we do. They can offer better wages than, than we can and they can sweeten any deal that they want to sweeten because they have the money to do so. So for me, that's one of the, the concerns is if Newcastle stay up, we now have an additional rival. Um, Newcastle are only going to go one way and it would be beneficial to Villa, I think, if Newcastle went down because I think it puts them back a couple of years and Matt Target is going to help them not go down. So in that frame of mind, I think, well, that's not a very good idea. And then secondly, I'm thinking... If Newcastle are coming banging on your door, desperate for a fullback, and you know that it's transfer deadline day, and you know they have more money than, than, than you can imagine, why not make them pay through the nose? Why not say, all right, yeah, you can have Matty Target, 25 million, please. Take it or leave it. You know, and then at least ask the question. But we've released him on loan, and that's... Um, and that uh, there may be a loan fee, there may not be a loan fee. Obviously, his, uh, Matt, Matt Target's wages will be off the wage bill, but those are negligible, I would imagine, in terms of Villa's greater FFP picture. So I don't see the massive plus side for Aston Villa. I see a massive plus side for uh, Newcastle United. And it's not like there's even a clause in there where we're protected that say, OK, Newcastle, if you stay up, then you give us 25 million for Matt Target and the transfer's done. It is a slippery slope for Aston Villa. Matt Target could go and break a leg. He could break an ankle. He could do a cruciate. And then we are left with a depreciating asset who's got injured for another club, a club who are looking to tiptoe and leapfrog us uh, right uh, uh, as soon as the summer, should they stay up. So that's quite risky. And then also on the other injury side of things at, at the Aston Villa end, Luca Dean might get injured, he might get suspended, he might break his leg, he might break his ankle, he might do his cruciate, touch wood, those things don't happen. But these are possibilities. And uh, lots of people are talking, oh, Ashley Young can just come in. I'm not sure Ashley Young is good enough anymore as a full-time left-back for Aston Villa. I'm not sure that Chambers is a good enough full-time left-back for Aston Villa. And I'm not sure that Courtney Hawes, the other option that's been mentioned is necessarily a good enough full-time fullback for Aston Villa should anything happen to Luca Dean. So I'm a little bit bemused by it. The potential negatives seem to outweigh the potential positives. And again, I think if Newcastle make you an offer you, you can't refuse, then 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 yeah, you do the deal. But this doesn't seem this loan till the end of the season with no optional obligation to buy does not seem like a deal that Villa needed to snatch Newcastle's hand off for because it's so wonderful for us. 
Et un, non, pour détendre. <laughs> no, no, in all in all seriousness, I mean, I've 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 been watching Matt Target this season, and um, I found him incredibly frustrating to watch. Um, he had a brief um, resurgence when Gerard came in. Uh, he he rediscovered a little bit of that, um, certainly the defensive quality um, that he showed throughout last season. He was he was he was excellent last season for Dean Smith behind closed doors. Um, but um, f- from word the word go this season, he's been he's been really bad, really bad, all over the place. I think defensively, um, not really sure of his job. Not helped by the fact he was asked to do a completely different role again for for, for part of the season um, in the uh, in the in my beloved five at the back system. Um, but yeah, I I just don't. <laughs> The, the the thing with with Matt Target is I I do honestly think he needs to be playing, he needs to be playing every week, week in week out to keep his fitness and keep his sharpness and keep that game plan in his head. Um, I think as soon as um, he stops, he's not like Courtney Hawes who can you know come in and out once every three months and and do a job. Or Nakamba last season was like that. I think he'd struggle being a bit part player. I think he has to play to keep that level up and um, I don't think he'd have been any good for, to us as a substitute in all honesty um, as far as I'm concerned he's our, he's our third best left back anyway <laughs> so you know in, in my mind in my mind he's, he's, he's uh, I don't feel like we've lost Andy going anything. with the heat and I know this Ooh, sounds yeah. harsh but I'm <laughs> I don't I, I, it's 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 one of those I just I just I just feel that how it benefits Villa is he's not around the place um, as, a, as, a, as a potential option. Not that he's. I'm not. This is. I'm making absolutely no um, no judgments about his character at all because I wouldn't do that. And I, he seems like a like an excellent pro. But I mean, he's he's not an option, you know, because he 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 doesn't do what Stephen Gerrard wants him to do. He can't do what Stephen Gerrard wants him to do. So why keep him there? Why keep him there? It's 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 pointless. Um, I think I think Ashley Ashley Young would more likely play if if Daniel was injured anyway. So let him go on loan. Let him continue to play. Let him let him keep his fitness up. And if he does well, and Newcastle want to sign him in the summer, if they stay up, then um, then we you know maybe they can put a deal together. My guess is that Newcastle haven't don't want to. There were two reasons why they haven't signed him permanently. The first because I think it was quite last minute, so putting a, a, a you know a full transfer together in that time is probably not not realistic. <clears throat> and secondly, if they do stay up, if they go down, they maybe want to move him on, or he'd want to move on. Um, and if they stay up, they might be looking at a, a higher quality of left back anyway. So you know, it's. Um, I but think why, it suits. But, I think but, it actually does suit all parties. This, this but why, why help Newcastle when they can come for yeah. our players in the summer, Andy? I don't think Matt Target helps Newcastle. Why? <laughs> I'm just, why is it with fullbacks, Andy? What was Freddie Gilbert a couple of weeks ago? Matt Target. What have fullbacks done to you, mate? Like, if, if he if he plays, um, and because I, I don't think he's going to just go there and settle in straight away. If he plays like he has done this season, he's not going to. He's not going to stop them getting relegated, is he? 
Well, you. Say, I get your. You, I get your point about it might have been late in the day to put a transfer together, but that's why you put a, a clause in. Because yeah, I agree. If they stay up, they go and sign a much better left back. But that's why you put a clause in if you're lending into them, so they're stuck with him if they stay up. And, like, and otherwise, a, I don't see the benefit again. We, we like, get a beautiful does, fee as well. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it, it just makes no sense. I, I imagine those those offers weren't on the table. Um, well, then they can't have him. You know. Yeah, keep him around. He stays with us. Um, I, I, I don't see the business side of it again without knowing what the loan fee is. You know, if if we find out subsequently that the loan fee was seven or eight million pounds or something obscene, then I'll say, hey, fair enough. You know what, Villa, that was that was a good deal. Obviously, we do not know what we don't know. Um, but I would say that um, that that this is getting a little bit silly now in terms of Aston Villa's loan army. I think we might be, you know, competing with Chelsea. I, I did a, a, a bit of a deep dive on transfer marks and I make it that Aston Villa currently have 18 players on loan. 18, an entire squad. Matt Target, El Ghazi, Freddie Gilbert, Wesley, Keenan Davis, Connor Harahan, Kalanick, remember him, Steer, Philogene Bedace, Cameron Archer. Aaron Ramsey, Louis Barry, Kane Kessler-Hayden, Caleb Chukwemenka, Ian Reiki, Seb Revan, Finn Azaz, Tyrit Wright. Now, some of those players have uh, are not going to be I could go long on. for this yes. world. <laughs> but why can't Aston Villa, and this is part of the Matt Target point, why can't Aston Villa secure a transfer fee? Why can't we get a transfer fee for a, a player like El Ghazi, who just scored 10 Premier League goals, which... There's no wing. There's not too many wingers scoring ten Premier League goals. Why can't we get a transfer fee for Matt Target, who has just been our Players' Player of the Year last year? Villa have only had one transfer fee, other than Jack Grealish. Let's move that aside. Other than Jack, Jack Grealish, Aston Villa have only had one transfer fee above ten million pounds that we've received since 2015 and the sale of Christian Benteke. Prize listener, or for you lads to guess who that one is. I'll give you a clue. It was on July the 1st, 2018. Only one Aston Villa player have we managed to sell since Christian Benteke left, Grealish aside, for more than £10 million. Just one in seven years. That's, that's, that's going to bug me, that is. It's, yeah, obscene. <laughs> it's obscene that we can't sell any players. Why can't we sell Target? Why can't we sell El Ghazi? Why can't the club, why can't the club get a transfer fee? And don't tell me COVID or, or anything like that. This has been going on for years. <laughs> I just don't, don't it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's confusing to me. I don't understand why we cannot receive a transfer fee for anyone seemingly other than Grealish, um, which again was a buyout. So it's, it's slightly different. It does strike you as bad business. I mean, I'd forgotten about, sorry, Craig, I'd forgotten about El Garthi entirely because obviously he's not playing for Everton either. But yeah, why why did we let him go? I know he's, we, we've got tons of wingers. We, he doesn't play in our system. But if we're not going to get anything for him, like, sure, he's going to be disappointed. But I mean, he's our asset. Let's just kind of, you know, put him in the under 23s. And if we need him to step up for a penalty, throw him on. It's, it, I agree with Craig here. And, and I now want him to tell me who the player who went on July the 1st, 2019 was, or 2018 was. Well, I, I will. I will. I'll, I'll tell you. It is. It was Jordan Amavi, Aston Villa to Marseille. What? Wow. The only one in the last seven years, other than Jack Grealish, obviously, who Villa have sold for more than £10 million. And that was in 2018. Uh, which for the uh, for the for the bright amongst you, you'll know is 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 four years ago. So it it is getting ridiculous considering our transfer outlay. 
I don't understand it. And this isn't even a Dr. A Dr. Ja, um, Brucey, Di Matteo, uh, Keith Winers problem at this point. This is a NWSE or NSWE, sorry, and, and Perslow problem. You know, you can't, we can't keep just giving these players away at, on little, little, little gimmicky loan fees. They need to extract their pound of flesh. If you can't extract a pound of flesh on transfer deadline day from Newcastle, who are literally swimming in billions of, of pounds of oil money, who, what can you do? You know, and again, again, I will preface that by saying we may not know that there's like a seven or eight million or five million loan fee and, and it's actually wonderful value for Villa. We don't know that. So I could be wrong, but... It, seemingly Villa somewhere have to be able to get a transfer fee for some of these 18 players we have on loan. It's, it's, it's a little bit obscene. Jordan Amavi, another another quality left back. <laughs> <laughs> Andy going in for the uh, for the for the fullbacks for sure. Have you got Andy hates fullbacks. You got any thoughts on Fernando <laughs> Nelson, Andy? Is he is he upset he you one, lately? He was one I liked. He was one. Oh, I you liked, liked him. Yeah. He was all right. Yeah, was yeah. he old Fernando? Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, he he could play in midfield as well. Um, well, say could, yeah, <laughs> he did. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see, won't we, on the, what happens with Matt Target. Um, you know, yeah, if he's going to um, if he's going to um, play well, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, do well for them and, and not keep them up. Then maybe he'll be back in the uh, in the summer, and there'll be decisions to be made about him. Um, and whether whether the, the longer term plan is maybe to move him on and and get a younger younger player in someone like Aaron Hickey maybe we'll we'll see on that one. Um, but of course, with with all the business um, done by Villa, um, fans will inevitably hone in on the negative side of things, um, which <laughs> appears to be uh, the the lack of of signing a defensive midfielder. Um, it has been well documented that Gerard um, was keen to add a number six to his squad following the injury of Nakamba and the general feeling that, that Douglas Luiz perhaps is not suited to that role in his team. Um, despite playing 80 games plus there over over three seasons, um, there was, of course, some suggestion that, that Luiz um, would himself leave the club. We talk of three bids from separate clubs close to the deadline. Um, the main link coming in was Rodrigo Bentacor, who we, we talked about um, last week, but he ended up at, at, at Tottenham on deadline day, whilst links to East Basuma um, proved somewhat pie in the sky, given what Brighton were probably quite rightfully asking for. Um, we spoke about Dougie last week, um, but how do you feel now with him potentially seeing out the season in that, in that pivot role? Um, and are you disappointed that we haven't managed to get a midfielder in? Um, I'm not disappointed. No, I, I know lots of people are absolutely melting down. Um, I'm, you know, overall, I think the, the transfer window has been wonderful for Aston Villa. I, I do query some of these loan uh, uh, um, signings, and obviously, if we're turning down three bids for Douglas Louise, then you would assume, I hope, unless Perslow has gone particularly doolally you would hope that Louise is about to sign a new deal because with 18 months left on the contract, if he's not interested in signing a new deal with Aston Villa, then we should have sold him. Talk about not getting transfer fees because that that is a transfer value a bit like Basuma that's going to plummet in the summer with just 12 months on the contract. So I think that Douglas Louise uh, might have himself an opportunity, as we mentioned earlier, to play as a number eight 
Callum Chambers could be the <laughs> the missing could be the answer. Could be, could be the answer because think about what what you know. Marvelous has serious limitations. We know that, but he also is excellent in certain areas. He is Kante like in terms of interceptions and tackles, not Kante like in terms of ball carrying, <laughs> general football intelligence, distribution. You know some of the other key components. But the Canvas numbers for breaking up play, interceptions, tackling, all those, all that, those, those are elite numbers. Make no mistake, elite numbers for the Camba in those metrics. So if we're just asking Callum Chambers to do those things, perhaps he can do the interceptions. Perhaps he can tackle. Perhaps he can track runners and 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 be that defensive shield that we need with the with the fullbacks bombing on. And certainly, you'd imagine with him being, I think, six foot plus, Callum Chambers, he would be aerially more dynamic than Douglas Louise or Nakamba probably put together which also gives us an additional threat from set pieces and also helps us defend set pieces. So if Callum Chambers' role is limited to those things, breaking up play, getting the ball, retaining possession, screening defence, give the ball to Coutinho type things, (laughs) then perhaps he is the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle. But um, I guess we're going to see. We don't know what what role Callum Chambers is going to be playing. We don't know if he is um is if he's going to be a right back, a centre back or defensive midfielder. We don't know yet. But Douglas Louise, you know, to, to turn down three bids would I would hope, 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 hope that Aston Villa have a, a new deal almost agreed with him and his lovely girlfriend. Let's keep them both around. I think Craig's bang on there. I think Dougie has probably got a new deal in coming. I, I, uh, I was really excited about the links with Benton Kerr and, and who, who came into a... Well, I, I, he felt like a Dougie replacement. He's a similar player to Dougie. He's not an out-and-out six. And he felt like we were we were sniffing around him because Dougie might be off. And, and he eventually got a, a better offer. And re- listeners, put your own air quotes in around better offer because I'm not sure it is for him. But I don't think he's the defensive midfielder we need. And... And as Craig says, in, in this Gerard system, it seems to be just someone to break up the play and give it to one of the better players. And and you know what? It would have been great to see that number six come through the door in January. But if the player wasn't available and the right player wasn't available at the right price, why why sign him now? Like it's we're not going anywhere, as as we alluded to earlier here. We doubt we're going down. We ain't troubling European spots. So bide our time keep our powder dry and and wait until that player is available in the summer and sign them then because you know we've had disastrous windows before where we've we've got a square peg for a round hole and you're, you're lumbered with them and you've you've got to get rid of them at some point and i'd much rather we wait sign the right player in the summer or the, the player that gerard wants even if he's not the right player and then build the side from there rather than just panic shopping and kind of a la Newcastle and just going out and getting players because you need players and you know I think Dougie till the end of the season this is whether he plays six or eight I think it's it's kind of play your way to a better deal time for him I think we want to keep him around and I think the better he plays the higher the number on that deal for him so it's a good carrot to dangle for him too but yeah I'm not I'm not melting down about not signing that player I'm excited to see who it's going to be over the summer and you know great transfer window all in all and Poor, poor Rodrigo Bentancur can't can't come to Villa. He's got to go to to Tottenham instead. So, um, good luck with the rest of your career, lad. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it's uh, plenty of um, big signings have gone there and uh, and ended up out out on loan um, in Dombele, I think, as <laughs> the latest of those. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't I wasn't too. I think I think we we talked last week 
didn't we, Craig, about about Dougie and and I was actually in the camp that I'd rather keep Douglas Louise than 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 bring at, at this point than bring in any really of the the players that we've been linked with. Um, not that I knew an awful lot about Benton Kerr. Um, Bissouma, obviously, there are there are there are issues um, currently clouding that anyway. So you probably want to want to keep away from that for now at least. Um, and really, you kind of think, well, you know, sometimes you, you go with what you've got. You know, I've always been very impressed with Douglas Louise, and and um, I know certainly that that period that he had um, after Project Restart all the way up until until the the covid outbreak it, that winter so essentially two halves of, a, of of two seasons he he was to all intents and purposes our, our best player I, I i felt in that number 6 role so i know there's there's perhaps slight differences to what dean smith was asking of him to what to perhaps what steven gerrard is but i think he's just an excellent footballer and sometimes it's you know we can talk about you know what Nakamba does well, and you know what various players, Callum Chambers or whatever, can do well. Sometimes you just want good footballers on the field, don't you? And and you get through somehow. Um, you know the problem is, you know if he, you know in those those times where he does go a bit missing defensively, you are you are stuffed then, and you you've got no way of 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 kind of stopping those transition transitions. But. Um, I'm more than happy with Douglas Luiz to the end of the season. I think he's an excellent player. I think he's actually, you know, as he pushes sort of through his twenties and into his late late twenties, I think he's going to be potentially one of the best number sixes in Europe. So, um, you know, that's just my that's just my feeling because I think he's got everything, and I think that defensive side of his game, I think it's there, but I think it what he's what he's lacking is consistency, and I think that will come. With maturity, um, so um, I think we've got the player we want. In all fairness, I'd be all all, all inclined to, to tie him down. And um, someone tweeted me because I, you know, I, I I did a tweet saying, you know, anyone who's who's um, disappointed with with a transfer window that includes Aston Villa signing Philip Coutinho is probably beyond help. And um, uh, I think I had a reply saying. Um, at some point, saying you know it's like it's like having a massive TV and no sofa, and then just buying another massive TV. <laughs> um, but I don't see it like that. I don't think we had a player like Coutinho, did we? Of his of his quality, of course we didn't. You know, he's one of the best players in the world. Um, but we've got players who can play number six and who can play defensive midfield. We've got Sanson as well, who's who's done precious little so far. So actually, I think. We got it the right way round. I think we needed an extra bit of creativity, an extra bit of quality in the final third. Um, we've upgraded on 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 El Ghazi, um, without a shadow of a doubt, and um, it's exciting. So I can't wait. On balance, Coutinho may have slightly more quality than my beautiful baby boy, but you know it is razor thin. It is a frog hair of difference in their ability. But yes, Coutinho might be slightly on top sometimes um but what we will say is from from dougie again repeating myself from last week 23 years of age Benta Kerr 
may come in and take the Premier League by storm at Tottenham. That doesn't mean he would have done so for Aston Villa. That doesn't mean he would have been able to set into, settle into Birmingham as he might settle into London. London can often be a, a different, well, it's a different city to Birmingham, obviously, um, and, and, and has different kind of things going on. Uh, Bentica might be wonderful, but we don't know what he would have done for Aston Villa. And we do know that Dougie Louise is only 23. And also Bentica, the Bentanka sorry, transfer may. Some people have suggested, I wouldn't suggest this, but some people have suggested that the, the uh, relationship with Juventus and uh, Paratici, I think the sporting director, and Tottenham, there may have been a little bit of a dance here with the uh, Dejan Kulalusevski deal and the Bentanker deal to skate around giving Bentanker's former club uh, uh, from, was it Boca Juniors? Whoever it is. Yeah, it was Boca, I think. They may have been doing a little dance to potentially reduce the amount that Juventus would need to pay in an add-on by including that other player. So it may be that Villa never really had the opportunity to sign in anyway. And as Juventus are currently under investigation for player transfers uh, by the uh, financial authorities in Italy, I mean, you know, take those two pieces of information and do what you will with them. But we don't know that what Ben Tanker is going to do. We do know what Douglas Louise is going to do. He's going to improve. He's going to get better and better and better. So let's keep him in the tent. But having said that, if we've kept him and turned down three bits and he's not signing a new deal and we have to sell him for pennies next year or he walks out of the club for free uh, in, in, in 18 months' time, then I will be somewhat dismayed. I can't believe Craig is telling me that football transfer business is is dodgy and not everything it appears to be on the screen. Next, you'll be telling me that player NFTs are a scam and that no one should be buying them. I mean, this is this isn't a world we live in, right? I I, I make I cast no judgments. I'm just I'm just I'm just theorizing here things no, okay. which may or may not be happening. I don't know. I'm just I've just got a bead of sweat and I'm wondering whether I need to ask Regan to run this by the lawyers before we, uh, before we put it out but you know we'll we'll see. Well, I think, I think we're I, okay. Yeah, I yeah, I think we we use very careful uh, language and we're just considering possibilities. Yeah, that's, all. that's it. We don't have that's any evidence of any wrongdoing on anyone. No. Everything's open to conjecture. Yes. Um yeah, but it, you know we'll 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 see as 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 time goes on. But um, as we're talking about uh, Douglas Louise and Alicia Lehman, Craig, two absolutely wonderfully turned out young people. I think you'll agree. Yes, you know I actually I'm glad that you brought those those two up. I I I see that they have. Uh, made things official is that right they've made things official in the last few days i think we all kind of knew anyway um so i i congratulate them now i speaking of conjecture and suggestion and innuendo and things that i'm not sure of i am not sure about the condition of miss layman or mr louise's pubic region i have no inside information about this so i what i'm about to say is speculation <laughs> and i'm speculating that their two pubic regions that's louise <laughs> and lemon i am speculating here and i'm assuming that those two pubic regions are in close interaction 
with one another on a regular basis, maybe even right now as you're listening. <laughs> Those two pubic regions may be in interaction with one another. Again, I don't know that to be factual. I'm assuming, I'm speculating this is innuendo and assumption and presumption on my part. Now, if those two pubic regions are interacting by those two beautiful, beautiful people, I do not imagine those pubic regions to be smelly, bushy, wiry hair, unkempt. I imagine them to be trimmed to within an inch of their lives. I imagine... Well, I will be, be careful how much I imagine here. I need to. Um, <laughs> I may need, I may need to, to. I may need to stand outside to cool down. But I'm imagining that everything is taken care of, and I'm and I'm imagining when those two pubic regions come together, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. It's a passionate thing. I think it looks nice. I think it feels very nice, and I think it smells nice. And it might smell nice and look nice and feel nice because of products such as the Manscaped range, which you, listener, can also benefit from. You can make sure that when your pubic region comes into contact with someone else's pubic region or someone else's facial region, whatever region your intimate bits are coming into contact with, you can make sure that you're clean shaven, you can make sure that you're smelling nice, and you can make sure that everything is perfect or as perfect as it can be. You know, we all got to do the best with what we have. And what you're going to do is you're going to go to www.manscape.com and you're going to use our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P, LAMP, to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That's LAMP for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And then you can take care of your pubic region and you can imagine no more. Because once you're ready with manscaped.com, your pubic region can have as much action as Lemon and Louise. L and L. La, 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 la. That's the sound, of, that's the sound of L's when you put them together, listener. Yep. Thank you, Craig. Dan, Dan nearly fell off his chair there. <laughs> It was the maybe it's happening right now line. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't listen to anything after that. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Craig. Go and get your Dougie Louise on, guys, and get, get over to Manscaped. Um, so anyway, Villa will be back in action uh, next week after two and a half weeks off with Gerard putting the squad through their paces. Um, <clears throat> he, will, he will be hoping to have Leon Bailey back in contention in the coming weeks. And Trezeguet and Bertrand Traore should re- rejoin the squad after their impressive African Cup of Nations showings. Um, the plan was clearly for, for Gerard and his staff to, to drill the players in their game plans uh, and reset going into the second half of the season as they look to move up the league table and finish strongly. Looking at the squad now, um, we've seen... Uh, so far during uh, Gerard's tenure. Um, do you think he has the tools to make a play for the European positions? And if everyone is available, what do you think his best starting eleven is? Well, I just spoke about the Villa Lone army. Obviously, the best goalkeeper is Kalinic, so we need to recall him immediately. <laughs> Get him in between the sticks. <laughs> no. I think that the I think the best eleven is going to depend a lot on, on Callum Chambers. It's going to depend on the fitness of... Uh, Coutinho, and it's going to f- depend on the fitness of Leon Bailey. Um, I think that uh, I think that 
to, to address the first things first, Callum Chambers, if he is going to be our defensive midfielder, could very well unlock Douglas Luiz to do Douglas Luiz things further up the pitch. That could be very exciting because, as mentioned, you know, last two weeks, I think that Douglas Luiz could be our most talented or one of our most talented players for sure. And I think that he will dovetail and link really well with the likes of Buendia uh, and Coutinho if he's closer to them on the field of play. I mean, it's, you know, proximity is, is, is important here. Leon Bailey, a big, big signing from the summer. I wonder about Leon Bailey, whether he could play through the middle. Ings not having a good season. Watkins not having a good season. We're talking about having two wonderful number 10s in Coutinho and Brendier who can thread f- through balls. And we're thinking about, is Watkins the best one to receive those through balls? Perhaps not. Danny Ings might have been two or three years ago, but he seems to have lost some of his luster. So is there a spot for Leon Bailey through the middle? Certainly he's going he's gonna to be quicker than everyone. His movement looked good. We, we saw from the Everton goal that he lashed away that he can certainly finish. So maybe there is room or scope scope there for some for some for some interesting things between now and the end of the season. Really important that that Gerard now sets the tone, I think, in the second half of the season. Whether or not Europe is possible, we'll see. But certainly he needs to set the tone. He needs now to match the goodwill that he's generated off the field, all this wonderful his wonderful press conferences, conferences, his wonderful recruitment, the likes of Coutinho, so on and so forth. Everything off the field, pretty much at Aston Villa, is looking pretty beautiful at the moment. On the field, results have not followed suit. So now Gerard has the last 17 games to try and make that uh, make that happen. But in terms of my best starting 11, it is Dibu, Cash, Konza, Mings, Matt Target, no, Luca Dean... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it here. Callum Chambers as DM, Douglas Louise as uh, one number eight. The n- the the second number eight I think would be John McGinn. Ooh. Ramsey drops to the bench and the front three. I'm saying Coutinho. I'm saying Brendia, and I'm saying Leon Bailey. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. I'd say my eleven would be similar. I still think Ollie Watkins is our best striker, and I think I, I think what's interesting is most of that that eleven that Craig's picked is, is probably going to play week in week out. But there's a few interchangeable parts that will depend on the opposition, like which striker we pick, which ten we pick to partner Coutinho, and and which six six we pick. And I think I'm not sure Gerard has a best eleven. I think he'll have elevens for certain matches, and I think we might see something I know Andy likes, which is just picking different players every week. And I think we might actually see a bit of that, but. Do I think Europe's possible? Probably not. We've left it a bit too late. But but make no mistake, this upcoming run of games till the end of the season is vital to Villa's future. Not because we're going to stay up, not because we're going to make Europe, but but what we do here sets the tone for the summer, which sets the tone for the players we sign, which sets the tone for how we'll fare next year. I mean, we saw last year a season that petered out a little bit and then we limped into the summer and then the summer didn't go great and then we started the season badly. And, and we don't want that again. We want to finish the season on a high you finish the season on a high then players want to come back to training they want to get back to pre-season they want to go again after the summer and you finish the season on a high and players look at that club and they want to join it and they want to come to it and 
as as Craig mentioned earlier in the pod, we're going to have competition this summer, and and you know you imagine Everton, or well, you imagine they'll get better with Lampard. It's hard to imagine them getting better with Lampard, but teams will be getting better, and the market will be competitive. And if we haven't had a good end of the season, players won't want to come to us. So um, yeah, it's a crucial, crucial run of games for Gerard to instill his way of playing, and and to get that feel good factor around the club going into going into what is going to be a vital summer for us. But, yeah, I, I think what's interesting is we now have a squad that can can put itself in and out, kind of, you know, I can imagine probably 15 different players, you know, in any of the starting positions. So it's good to be in that place. I can't remember the last time when when I reckoned I could probably pick a different player for each position. We feels like we haven't had this squad depth for a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking that when, you know, when we were talking earlier, I was thinking back to... You know, when you guys joined the podcast last year, and we were we were bemoaning, um, obviously uh, Grealish being out. You know, we were we were we basically we had eleven or twelve players that we 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 rotated, didn't we? And um, you know, conversations about team selections were far briefer. You know, but um, and it was all <laughs> basically focused around Grealish being being fit, wasn't it? Whereas now, you know, we are looking at it sort of thinking well you know we, we could change the front three every week and still have a reasonably strong strong front three so and the midfield options you know for for me i mean you know i i i wouldn't be dropping ramsey i think he's in in blistering form at the moment um i think he's he's nailed on but the same by the same token douglas louise and and john mcginn are very important players as well. Um, I think Douglas Louise will stay as the number six for now, um, and I think obviously McGinn and, and and Ramsey will will play ahead of play ahead of him. Um, the back four is is picks itself, and um, and really it's about the front the front three, and it's about whether whether Coutinho can, you know, rediscover some of that Liverpool form at some to some degree. Um, and, and start producing. Certainly, you know, you, you, I can't imagine him not being good enough to get in the Villa team. But, 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 but you never know. Um, and Buendia, I mean, we spoke, we we waxed lyrical last week about Buendia, and I know we mentioned Dan that you've you've been telling us um, since August that he was he was going to be going to be tremendous for us, and he and he's starting to show that. Dan also thinks Trezeguet is a good. <laughs> Dan also thinks Trezeguet is a good player. Though, didn't so Trezeguet score in, score in Afcon the other day? Back post Trez, I mean, I he's think, still still I doing it on the Salas, international I think, level. I think Mo Salah scored that goal, and Trezeguet was just there. <laughs> he could have rolled that into a traffic cone. Could have scored that one. I mean, he's lasted longer at Villa than El Ghazi has so far so <laughs> well I think I think Al Ghazi was there before but anyway we won't get into that <laughs> but well, he's, he's going to be uh, loaned out next week right he's going to be number 19 on loan because we can't get a fee for him apparently either no, just to add to the list no, I know does it, it, it there are links aren't there with um with with a Turkish side which I can't remember who it is but um I was waiting for your teacher to pronounce yeah, I was waiting it then. for I was, pronunciation <laughs> no um yeah, so I like the idea as well of, of of Bailey through the middle. I was I was sort of thinking of that myself, and I've I've kind of I thought back to um, when Bailey signed and Dean Smith described him as being a striker, um, which I think I don't know why he did that because he certainly came in as a as a as a winger, um, but we don't really play with wingers now, do we? So it's kind of 
he's got to find a new a new position and and through the middle um certainly with his pace um and the direct nature of, of his play and his skill you know he's he's got an eye for a goal i think he's 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 got a chance particularly with um Watkins and Ings clearly neither of them fancy it do that at the moment so um and the you know the, the best finisher at the club is at Preston North End at the moment so so um you know it's uh, it's, it's it's an interesting one and maybe maybe that's one for Bailey but i think there are certain players now that are, are, are making themselves um indispensable and i think Buendia is certainly one and and Ramsey's another one who who i think um at the moment they they're forming the 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 um you know that they're central to the attacking um element of the team so they've got to stay in really but you know we'll see and we'll get a, a, a little bit of a steer on it um next wednesday um when finally no no jed's jed's steer's gone oh yeah okay. <laughs> we don't have any steers i uh, just just quickly on ramsey just to retort there um for anyone else who's having kittens that i that i that i dislodge ramsey from my starting 11 I think there is a danger, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but just just to be, you know, just to just to give some some context to it, I think there is a real danger with overcooking young players. Mm. Yeah, and um, I'm, you know, I don't want him starting week in and week out, even if he can, because we've seen, you know, big big talents burn out by 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 twenty seven, twenty eight when they're overplayed. Uh, Rooney was was kind of done by thirty. Michael Owen was done by by twenty seven. So there is a risk sometimes when you overplay players, you know, too young. So just for that reason, I would be a little bit more cautious with Ramsey because I think he's going to be the cornerstone of Aston Villa's midfield for the next ten years. So I would, I would probably err on a side of caution with him, not because I think he's not good enough, but I just think he needs a little bit more protection. I'm not sure he should be playing every single week, every single game at his age because his body's still growing, his bones are still growing, still filling out. You know, it can it can wreak havoc. Um, if you do that, if you if you overplay young players, so that's that's the main reason why it's, it wasn't any kind of um, indictment on its quality. No, I think I think you're absolutely right, and I think uh, Gerard will be aware of that, and they'll be managing that, won't they? And you know they don't need to play him um, every week. We've got options, plenty of options. We've got, of course, the other young player Chukwemeka, who who will will fancy his chances of of getting in that team as well. So you know it's 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 um, lots of there's places up for grabs and there's there's lots of options for for Gerard. Um but as we move forward now the the wait is over um and Marcelo Bielsa's leads United visit Villa Park next next Wednesday. Um in this fixture last season Leeds ended Villa's four game winning start to the season with a destructive 3-0 win um at Villa Park. Although Villa went on to win the reverse fixture and were El Ghazi winner, I believe. Um this season, uh, Leeds have struggled to repeat their impressive form from the last campaign, with injuries playing a huge part in that. Although in their latest win um, at West Ham, they showed they still have the ability to beat the best teams on their day. Steven Gerrard will be hoping that Coutinho, Buendia and Martinez all return from international duty in good health, um, as Callum Chambers will be looking for his first action as well. This feels like a very big game in the context of Villa season as we look to put more clear daylight between us and the bottom few teams. Um, it's a few days away, um, but ideally what you're hoping for in terms of the lineup and the approach, um, g- given how dangerous Leeds can be on their day. 
Leeds can be really dangerous. I think the the, the, the main thing with Leeds are, is their obviously their running and their pressing is kind of second to none. Maybe other than Liverpool and Man City, there aren't really any any other teams that will press the life out of you like Leeds will. And we have had some problems with players who were not particularly press resistant. Uh, Dean Smith, I think one of his greatest tactical victories last season actually was learning from that 3-0 hiding that we got in the home fixture against Leeds where Patrick Bamford probably scored the very first hat-trick of his career and his last hat-trick. uh, because we went toe-to-toe with Leeds, tried to play them at their own game, and they absolutely rinsed us. Um, that that game could have been 7-4. I mean, it was end-to-end. It was a basketball game, I think, is how we described it at the time. And Leeds are much better at basketball than Villa were. However, in the second reverse fixture, Dean Smith learnt lessons from that. He basically parked the bus and had Mings uh, hitting long balls into the channels to just completely bypass the Leeds press and then Leeds without space don't necessarily have the players to to hurt you they need spaces to exploit so it'll be interesting to see what Steven Gerrard does I think Solskjaer actually speaking about managers Solskjaer always did really well against Leeds and the way he did that was he, he had Dan James on one side he had uh, Rashford or Martial he basically is two two Solskjaer's way to beat Leeds and it was very straightforward <laughs> We're going to put our two fastest players on the wing. And when you leave gaps leads, as you do, we're going to give it to a Bruno Fernandes or one of our ball players. And we're going to exploit those gaps and we're going to kill you. You might score one or two, but we're going to score four or five. And that's what Solskjaer did. Now, we do have the we do have the tools to do that kind of thing. Watkins isn't super fast, but he's fast enough. Leon Bailey, if he's back, certainly he's fast enough. And we also have two little dynamos in uh, that we didn't have last season in Buendia and Coutinho, who can play some of the best through balls in the Premier League. So lots for lots for um, lots lo- lots for for Gerard to to digest. Lots of ways to beat Leeds. They're not as good as they were, but as you say, Andy, from that West Ham game. If you play into Leeds' hands, they can overwhelm you and they can kill you uh, with their bombarding. If you leave space for them, they, they will exploit you and they will hurt you. So um, Leeds are there to be beaten. Um, but I would like to see Gerard do one of those two things, either t- t- copy Solskjaer or copy Smith. Uh, I think you're right to flag the, the West Ham game. I watched that on TV and Leeds were fantastic. And I think partly because they looked so fresh after their, their kind of run of games being cancelled. So I think this match maybe comes at good time for Villa having had these two weeks off and, and getting the players fit. Um, definitely a challenge for Gerard, though. I mean, we see it all the time. Leeds pro- pose a challenge for the best managers in the league. They're, they're such an odd puzzle to work out because no other team plays like them. But... But I think Villa can get a lot of joy for our two number 10s. As, as Craig says, they leave a lot of gaps and, and you need players who need to be able to spot where those gaps are and when to take advantage of them. And in Buendia and Coutinho, we have two of the best players for finding little pockets of space and knowing how to how to thread balls through that, that get us on the counter. So I think those two could have an absolute field day and, and they'll need to if Villa are going to win this. But I, I actually wouldn't mind us dropping in deep and, and being a bit more defensive and letting them come at us because I think that's going to be our best chance of, of winning this one but I mean I'm, I'm going to this one which I'm excited about so if we go toe-to-toe with them and have a basketball match that's fine by me a high scoring win for Villa would be great but, but yeah, it's going to be a fun one looking forward to it a lot yeah definitely I'll, I'll see you before the match for a couple of scoops 
Um, That's if you're real. I mean, I'm still, I still think this podcast is an elaborate catfishing kind of scheme, and I'm going to turn up, and, and Andy will be like a teenage boy or something after my money. No, Craig met me. Craig met. <laughs> Did he though? Did he, or was that fake too? This is the thing. It's I'm off. that could have been a feeder. It's, it's interesting. No. I'm this larger than life kind of omnipresent figure in your in your world, Dan. That uh, you. Yeah, I I will say that actually, you you are like Andy's a lot taller than you think is he? he is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. But but you're tall as well, I'm aren't you, Daniel? Tall, you're but... both tall. I am not tall, listener. <laughs> I am. I'm not short. I'm like you know. You are short. Sure. But th- I think I'm. These are two. I am short. These these are two large men that we're listening to here, so they can have a tall off. Maybe they can do a selfie and um, and, and share it with us on Twitter to see who is the tallest, because both of them are big. Well, thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. Well, yeah, um, being taller than me, that's not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that um, the main thing is that the players come back from South America um, all fresh and ready to go. Um, it looks like, unfortunately, Burkina Faso oh. have have crashed out of the Afcon. So um, Bertrand Triore will be will be back in the UK at some point soon, I imagine. So, uh, so you know, he may be involved as well. So we've got loads and loads of options um, over the next few weeks. Um, so, guys, predictions. I know it's a way off, but predictions for Villa and Leeds. Dan. I'll go first. I'm going 3-2 Villa win and and Andy and I have a great time having a couple of beers before the match. That's my prediction. That'll do. I'll take that. Um, I think that we should be rested. I think, we, I think we're going to give them a hiding, actually. I think it's going to be... I'm going to go 3-1. Three, 3-1. Three, one. Three, one. Okay. Ooh. Well, uh, you know, I think, Craig, you may have said last week that... Um, you feel that someone is going to be on the end of a proper spanking uh, very soon from from Villa. And I think it might be Leeds. And I'm going to go 4-0. Four 4-0 nil. Four nil Villa. Oof. Yeah, Bold. absolutely. couple for Coutinho. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And um, I'm sure everyone is dying to get back to Villa Park after this break. It's felt like a lifetime. Um, but um, obviously, if you if you are interested in the, in the Manscaped products head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping over there. Um, and obviously, you can uh, head to underagaslitlamp.com for, for all the latest articles and writing about the club. But thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to uh, Dan and Craig for, for joining me today. We'll be back next week to to look, look over the Leeds game and preview the trip to Newcastle. Um, and in the meantime, stay safe and up the villa. <laughs>